The Commentary Booth is a show for media lovers by media lovers just like you. If you want to support the show, go to pariomagazine.com.au. Welcome to the Commentary Booth, where we watch and you guessed it, commentate on the week that was in movies and TV. I'm your host and play-by-play commentator, Jamie Apps, and each week I'm joined by a rotating cast of colour commentators to help you find your next viewing treat. This week, I'm joined by a DJ who lists his favourite movie as Top Gun Maverick, another newie to the list, <laughs> and his favourite TV show as Parks and Rec. Welcome to the show, the man with the mullet and moe, Jackson Carr. <laughs> I like that. Hello, how are you, my friend? Good to see you. Good, thank you. How's life been? Feels like it's been forever since we spoke. It has been. Ah, oh, busy man. Just work's been popping off. We've um, we organised this like week long activation this week called the Longest Night across seventeen venues. So it's good to see that. And I, I um, it's all about like winter solstice and stuff. And we had to like kind of think of like extra things for our venues, whether it was like contortionists or lighting or whatever. But for the Regent, my trusted little pub that I love, I couldn't really think of like, you didn't want contortionists there when there's like a DJ playing. So I organized to get a magician to appear for ten, for two hours last night. And because I love magic, I decided to book myself to play so I could watch the magician. Big brain. <laughs> <laughs> big brain. Big head, big brain. And by the end of like, when he was finishing up, he came up to me and he's like, oh, I heard you booked me. Like, thank you so much. I was like, come on, man, you've got to do some tricks for me. And by this point, I'd already been at a photo shoot with free drinks and I'd been drinking. so. As you can imagine, I was not in the, in prime. Oh, he just blew my mind for like 10 minutes. And I got to keep a card. It says, Jackson, done two trick. And it, he literally like, I remember like he'd like, I was looking at the cards and I had to pick a card and he just did it. like. And then he, and then he put like his cards in my hand and then somehow it turned into a, a clear block of like plastic and the cards went and I was like, what the hell? How did this happen? Like <laughs> so much fun. I love when magicians yeah, just blow your mind like that. You're just like, what? Huh? how? Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, man. But it was great. And like I think magicians work really well, especially with people like drink, drinking or whatever and people enjoyed it. So, yeah, there's some good photos of it as well. So, yeah. How about yourself? Nothing about me. I've been very boring since I got back from the States. <laughs> <Just> <laughs> recovering and getting back, trying to get back into the swing of work, which – is a lot yeah. more difficult than you would think. Yeah, I imagine. You post-holiday come down and whatnot. Yeah, and just like, oh, yeah, that's right. i got to do this. Like, I think that first week I'd, I was just plotting away. I was like, yep, sweet, I've got plenty done. And then I'd get a text message like, have you done this yet? Oh, yeah, that's the thing I have to do. Whoops. But we got their magazines on track to get sent to the printer this week. So oh, yeah, doing well. Yeah, nice. And managed to watch a few things. So, yeah, this week, going to check out, we're returning to the MCU, both literally and somewhat tangentially, with our reviews of Miss Marvel and Chris Hemsworth, a.k.a. Captain America. Thor. His new Netflix film. Is he Thor? I always get those two confused. <laughs> so I, I, saw, I saw Captain America recently in Lightyear. So. Yeah, yeah. I've just been watching Marvel characters everywhere in different movies. So, yeah, Miss Marvel and... Plus, we've got Miles Teller. Don't forget. What was he in? Oh, he was in one of the random Marvels, wasn't he? 
he was in, no, he was in Top Gun, my favorite movie. So we're just in a great theme at the moment. I think he's been in a, a Marvel movie at some point as well. I'm pretty sure there's like some weird crossover. I'm going to Google that and I'm going to watch that if that's true before my gig tonight. Yeah, I think it's one of the early ones. I'm sure I read that somewhere. I could be totally wrong. Who knows? Uh, so the first topic, Ms. Marvel, the latest entry in the MCU via the Disney Plus TV series and uh, starring a new character, Kamala Khan, a.k.a. Ms. Marvel, played by a young girl, Iman Valini, who this is her debut acting role overall, like not just for the MCU, like literally ever. So oh, wow. In this new show, she plays a basically a fangirl of Captain Marvel. And uh, it's all about this 16-year-old Pakistani girl in New Jersey that is like struggling to fit in in the world and puts on this ancient bangle and it gives her crazy superpowers. What are you thinking of the show so far, three episodes in? Well, when I saw the preview for it, when we watched um, Doctor Strange, I was like, oh, I don't really, this looks a bit tacky. Like I, I didn't really, I didn't have any interest in watching it. And then you're like, oh, well, watch it. I was like, okay, cool. I'll watch it. It's, it's, I, I kind of like it. It's, it's cute. Like it's nice. Like it's nice to have like an, a different representation of like, not only like teenager, but also like Pakistani and seeing like that cultural elements of it as well. And the bangle that she found she put on obviously was like from like her f- f- old like family or something like that. So I found it that it was like, I, I, it's, it's a cute little show. Like I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. And I think it's going to be great to target to a few different audiences as well to like, I guess, expand. Like you've got like your teenagers and your and Marvel fanatics and stuff and your kids or whatever. And it's not too crazily violent compared to like other stuff. So I, I think it's a really smart thing that they've done with this. Yeah. I think it's like, it's a really nice pivot from what we've seen in the MCU shows recently, like Moon Knight. And what was the one that came before that? Like they've both been like quite dark and violent, mm. whereas this one was kind of just like bright, fun, 16-year-old girl discovering her powers for the first time. And I loved the way that they incorporated like the text messaging and stuff into the show, like yeah. and the neon lights and the the graffiti and the paint in the background. That was so cool. Yeah. Like such a cool way to do it rather than just here's a text message bubble popping up on the screen. Mm. But it also makes you like focus. You can't can't sort of half watch this show. You need to watch it because you might miss a text message in the background. Yeah. Yeah. So this show is apparently the next step towards the movie The Marvels, which is coming next year, 2023. I'm excited to sort of see where they go. Like it feels like this is continuing on the the Spider-Man uh, Doctor Strange thing of multiverses and resetting the Avengers, so we're definitely sort of moving into a young Avengers storyline mm. see where that goes. Yeah, it's something that I guess that they probably had to do, obviously, with everything going on. So, yeah, they're pivoting quite well, and um, yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing how, I guess, this series develops and then just seeing how it also can go to, like, the big screen as well and connecting the TV shows and the movies. It's a six-episode series. We're three episodes in, and you mentioned sort of how they incorporate the Pakistani culture like I think that's been so well done in this show like in what was it Shang-Chi we sort of started to get some Asian representation and now we're going down to like South Asia and Mm. Muslim Pakistani like and they're doing it well like it's not generic Western representation of these cultures like this is 
from all reports I've heard of people from that culture. Like this is very accurate in terms of the like the culture in the fam within the family group, the costuming, the actual like in the the mosque and everything. Like it's all very well done, I think. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. I I really like that that as I said that aspect of it, and it's it's good to show like yes, they're just expanding from just white men as superheroes so it's yeah it's wonderful to see yeah it's like it's a big pivot from generic captain america to here's a a 16 year old brown girl like Mm. such a big change and i liked how they with the damage control agents too like they they're incorporating some like real world commentary on like how the fbi treated muslims during mm. like the 9-11 period, like when they, the damage control agents basically find out that there's this new superhero, they're like, we need to go into every mosque, every like temple of that culture and stuff. And like, they're just sending, sending agents everywhere. And then there's one agent that's just like, yeah, but we need to be careful about that. Like, remember what happened last time. Yeah. And then when they do finally go to the the mosque, they just walk in and they don't take their shoes off. And apparently like that's a big, big no-no. And it's, yeah. it's called out by one of the characters. I was like, that's really cool that they're, they're pointing out that, hey, white people can't just trample on our stuff. Oh, I remember when I was in Thailand, when I was, what, like 12, and we went into like a temple. Well, I don't, don't think it's Muslim, but like what, like we went into a temple and like maybe a 12 year old kid, I actually sat down in front of like the Buddha or something, feet out in front of me and just like sitting there and mum comes up, she goes, take your shoes off. You're not allowed to do this. Show some respect for the culture. And I was like, oh, like prepubescent, like Jackson is like wanting to get out of there. So I could go look at naughty magazines or something like just sitting there like fully disrespectful and stuff. So yeah, I, I learned that lesson young. That's for sure. And like I mentioned, Iman Valini as Kamala Khan, what are you thinking of her? Like, like I said, this is her first acting role. She has no prior acting experience, but from all reports, she is a legitimate Avengers MCU fan. When she did her casting via Zoom, she showed the casting director around her room and it's just covered in Avengers and MCU posters and merchandise and things. And when she was uh, 19, she did the a cosplay of Captain Marvel. So like, this is kind of like a dream role for her. And yeah, I think she's wow. amazingly in the role. Yeah. I never knew that she'd had an acted before because obviously you're the brains trust in this operation and do the research. But um, yeah, like that's, that makes it even better. And the fact that she is such a fanatic, although it's not surprising that she's, it's not like she'd never watched them like actors come in and they're obviously like research the roles, but see, hearing that she's such a fanatic and has done that cosplay, that's insane. Like, I love that. Yeah, I think like her and Tom Holland are two people that they've like since being cast in the roles that they are in MCU. They've since gone back and posted photos of them as kids dressed up as mm. obviously Captain Marvel and then Tom dressed up as a young Spider-Man. And yeah. I think that's so cool to see that like these people have a passion for this. It's not just we're taking a paycheck. Like yeah. we want to do this. We want to give this role something meaningful moving forward and it's working pretty well. Yeah, it's brilliant. And it really, yeah, it helps, like, I guess, like, them dive in the role even more, as you said, and just proves, like, yeah, the right casting. It just makes the shows even stronger. So, yeah, love it. And then, like, even the supporting cast, I think, is really well done. Matt Lintz is Bruno. Like, he's such a fun character where it feels like it makes sense that he's, like, 
her tech guru. Like he just does seem like that nerdy kid at school that is playing on the computers and messing with the the Google Home software for her dad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was so good in the first episode. Oh, I really want an AvengerCon. Oh, how good would that be? How good did AvengerCon look? <laughs> oh, man. It looks so awesome. Oh. I'm surprised they haven't done something like that now that Disney have built out all of these yeah. properties. Like Avengers is massive. They could get away with an AvengerCon like that. I think they have, they kind of have a Star Wars one already, like with May yeah. the 4th. They do like a big Star Wars Day event. Like, yeah. I don't know why they don't do an Avengers one. Yeah, they totally should. Like, I could also imagine, not even sorry, not even imagine more to be like going to like Disneyland these days and just seeing like, I guess like the Avengers side of things and everything. Like how apparently, if you go to Disneyland in America, you need like a week because there's that much to do there. Yeah, it is massive. Like, there's there's all the Avengers, Marvel Land. There's like the classic Disney stuff. There's a whole Star Wars section. Yeah, Pixar. Like, it's just every, like massive. If you're going to do it in a day, you really need to do like book the fast pass yeah. experiences so you can be like, okay, we're going here. We're doing this ride at this time. Exactly. We don't have to stand around and waste an hour or two waiting to get on this ride. And yeah. Need to be going there with a plan. There's no, it's not movie world on the Gold Coast where you, yeah. you, you just rock up and you're like, oh, we'll just get around this at some point. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, bring back Wonderland if we, if we really want to talk about good theme parks. But yeah, no, I, I definitely want to, if, if my plans to go to Qatar at the end of the year don't come to fruition, I'll definitely go and look to go to America next year and I'd go to Disneyland. And are you going Disney California or are you going Disney Florida? Um, that's a good question. Maybe Florida and then I'd go to the most boring place in America, Jacksonville, to watch the most boring NFL team in, in the world, Jacksonville Jaguars. But, um, or I'd just go to California and just go to Portland and Seattle. But that's a we're in the ballot for the World Cup tickets, so if I don't get that, I'm going to focus on – America, but yeah. Oh, that's right. That's next year in the US, isn't it? No, the the World Cup's in Qatar at the end of this year, and then the next World Cup. Then the next one is the US. Yeah, is in four years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll go to that as well. Uh, yeah, I might might have to make a little side trip for that one. Yeah, yeah. If you do Disney Orlando, let me know. I might pop over. Oh, hectic! Yeah, sweet. We'll do an episode from there. Oh, we'll do a vlog as well <laughs> from from Disney. <laughs> Uh, in terms of sort of the story of Miss Marvel, how are you feeling about where it's progressing with these Jin characters and the the multiversal stuff? I love the the concepts of multiversal stuff, so like I'm always loving anything that I explore with that. But as with any of these Marvel shows, I need to wait until it's over just to see where they're going because it's kind of like even though this one's a bit more fun than the other ones, for itself. It's been a long debate between me and a few people that I've spoken to about mm. Disney plus series in general, whether it is Marvel or star Wars, they're steadfast on this six episode mm. system. Like a series has six episodes and that's it. But I'm finding these shows are becoming more and more important and deep with the story that they're trying to tell. Mm. So six episodes is starting to feel like not enough. Like it's starting to feel very rushed yeah. Like this one, the first three episodes have been good, but now that we've sort of hit that point of, okay, we know who the baddie is, mm. we kind of are seeing where the stakes are going. We've only got three episodes to try and wrap all this up and not feel incomplete. Yeah, it's feeling like it's right. And they're not going to do the Stranger Things model and have episodes that are an hour and a half. They literally stick to their steadfast 
20 odd half an hour 50 minute thing they're not going to just go out and be like oh we'll finish stranger things with two episodes that's going to be three hours combined length or something like oh yeah i think i think the second last episode of stranger things is an hour and a half and the last one is two and a half oh okay even better i'm canceling my gig next friday i cannot wait yeah so that looks ridiculously long but yeah like these shows like they say you you open them up and it's like 40 minutes and then mm. by the time you watch it it's like 28 30 mm. because then there's yeah. a massive chunk of credits you're like why is there so yeah. many credits yeah, on yeah. these shows it's so annoying like if you're gonna put 20 minutes of credits at the end give me a longer show like yeah fill definitely. it out I, I don't care if i log on that it says it's an hour 10 yeah if it means i get an actual hour of show Exactly. but And why they have such long credits, it's not like they have, like, going back to Stranger Things, all the special effects that Stranger Things have and just, like, what you have to put in with that. Like, that would deserve probably an hour of credits just to give thanks to everyone, not a, a stupid Marvel movie, like TV show. Like, come on, guys. I found that the issue they have with the Disney one is they have, they have like, the legitimate credits that are for the show with, mm. like, the moving graphics and all the stuff that people that worked on it. And then there's just another five minutes of, a black screen with white credits on it that are just literally like, here's those same credits, but in another language over yeah, and yeah. over and over. And it's like, surely we can just like cut those out or only show the relevant ones to the episode that I like the settings that I have my language set to something. Yeah. 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 Definitely. I'm with you with that. And we mentioned the damage control agents. Did you notice one of them is a crossover from Spider-Man movies? No. Yeah, so one of the actors is Arian Moaid, playing the Department of Damage Control agent P. Cleary. He was first seen in Spider-Man No Way Home, and this is like the first time that a Sony original character has crossed over into the MCU. Oh, wow. Yes, okay. That, that actually makes sense. I just Googled it that, wow. This is why you're the, the brains of this operation. <laughs> yeah, so, like, usually if a character originates in a Sony movie, they won't be seen in MCU. Like, they might use the same concept of a damage control agent, mm. but it will be a different character. Yeah, wow. Whereas this time it's the exact same character crossing over. And I was like, hang on a second. That's never yeah. happened before. So Yeah, wow. It does seem to prove that that relationship between Sony and Marvel is maybe improving a little bit more and they're a little bit more free to cross things over with the whole multiversal thing. Yeah. Considering how big Spider-Man was, you'd assume that they're pretty much, they'd be happy to like bury the hatchet and work more closely together because isn't that like the biggest movie of all time now or like close to it? I think it's the biggest Marvel movie so far. Yeah. By a long way. I don't, I, I think, I think it's actually in like the most grossing movies. I honestly think, I, I swear I heard, that it's like up there or maybe I just cooked it. it. It is definitely high up there, but I think Avatar is still at the top. Yes. Actually, and, and then we got pretty close. Spider-Man No Way Home. Oh, no. Yeah, sweet. Okay, it's number six, but still. Still up there. Is Avatar Disney? Yep. So Avatar, I'm sorry, Disney has Avatar at number one, Avengers Endgame at number two. I'm assuming the Titanic's not Disney. No. I think they might just have the rights. Then. So they've got one, two, and then they've got Star Wars, 
episode <laughs> seven at, at number four. They got Avengers and, and no Infinity War at five. No Way Home at six. And then oh, it's like Jurassic World, The Lion King, Avengers, Furious 7, they Frozen are, they 2. They Lion King yeah. as well. Yeah. So they've got in the top 10 pretty much. Frozen's Disney. Oh, that's 11, but that's insane. And then Avengers, Age of Ultron, Black Panther. Oh, my God. They are raking in the money, and you can guarantee that they're, they're just going to keep pumping these out whenever they make yeah. money. Yeah. I'm all for it, especially now that we're starting to get some of these secondary characters in the in the series rather than like like I do love like a good origin movie, but mm. with an origin story movie of someone like Moon Knight or She-Hulk, I'm probably not gonna be as eager to go and see that in a movie cinema. Mm. Whereas yeah. you put a six episode series on Disney Plus, I'll watch it. Like I'm gonna watch yeah. She-Hulk. I'm, I yeah. don't really have a huge interest in the She-Hulk show, yeah. but it's going to be there and it's just going to be, I love it. They release on a Wednesday night. So it's just going to be like, Wednesday night, what else am I going to watch? Yeah. State of Origin, but that's not that's on a Sunday this week. So, yeah, no. I, I... Yeah. You get three of them a year, like three Wednesdays out of the year. So I'll take six episodes of random Disney or Star Wars shows every Wednesday. I love, and they're alternating month by month. I still haven't watched any of the Star Wars shows. Wow. They took it on that. Um, Obi Wan is fun, but are you a huge Star Wars fan in general? No, nah, not really. Like, I wasn't too much into it. And then I watched the new ones that came out with what? What's what's the ones that came out? The last three that came out recently, or like, I watched I watched the first two two of them with my ex, and then the third one came out. It was still like fresh in the breakup, and it was just too close to me. So I was like, I don't want to watch this. But like. Yeah, no, I, I haven't. I, I want to get into it, but there's so much stuff to watch that it's like, I'm just going to pick my battles. I'm, I'm just going to focus on what I like. But then again, Dry July is next week, so I'm going to have a lot of spare time not drinking. So um, maybe again, Star Wars, who knows? Oh, did you see the link between the show and the Shang-Chi movie as well? Another sneaky little Easter egg that's in there? No. In episode three, when they're digging up the, the bangle, they pan and they show on the roof the logo of the Ten Rings group, which is like the Shang-Chi bad guys. But it also links the show back to uh, Iron Man 1. Oh, wow. Because that's the group that kidnaps Tony Stark. Oh, yes. Oh, wow. Laying laying down the threads and setting everything up so that it's not just like here's a random show with all new, everything's new. Like Mm. they are tied into these things. And then like, even the way the bangle looks and the powers it gives her, they're very reminiscent of the powers of Shang-Chi and the Ten Rings. Yeah, nice. I'm also looking forward to, like it's already been seen and leaked, that Brie Larson makes a cameo at some point. So we've got three episodes. She has to pop up. Yeah. I guess she kind of has to too if this is supposed to lead to the Marvel's movie. The Marvel's, yeah. You can't just have Miss Marvel and call it the Marvels. Like, there has to be at least two of them. Yeah. I was wondering where she's gone because, like, there was so much, like, I remember when that movie first came out, everyone was like, oh, shit, like, there was heaps of hype on it. And then, like, leading up into, like, Endgame, everyone's like, she's the one that's going to defeat Thanos, but she had such a small part of that. And it's kind of like mm-hmm. she's been she's been forgotten. So it's good to see her coming back. Yeah, and she just, like, left. She just jetted yeah. out. Like, I'm, I'm not yeah. got 
And people are like, oh, where's Miss Marvel? Like, oh, she's a soft planet. Yeah, yeah. Like, can she come and help us? Because, like, we're getting screwed. <laughs> yeah. They even make references to it in the show as well about her, like, just disappearing and being like, when's she coming back? So I guess they've addressed the elephant in the room, so to speak. Either they had a plan all along or they just had too many superheroes and they just couldn't keep up. But, yeah. Yeah, and, like, I guess that movie wasn't, like, overly well received. Like, people were like, yeah, it was fine. Wasn't it wasn't one that came out and everyone was like, Yeah, you need to go see this movie. It's kind of stuff. Yeah, it's there. I like the 90s nostalgia in it because, like, obviously, growing up in the 90s, it was I liked anything that has like that kind of reference and like the video store stuff. But yeah, it was kind of just like, Meh, meh. Yeah, so I'm excited to see her come back and sort of see how they tie this in. And I'm really looking forward to the next wave of movies. Like, the ones that we're getting now, like, they're exciting, but they kind of just feel like we're just laying the foundations for what this next wave is building on. So particularly Blade, bring on Blade, the sooner the better, please. Yeah. (laughs) I'm hoping at some point X-Men, like surely we get an X-Men at some point. Yeah, we have to. I assume that's going to be at the next like Disney plus day or Comic-Con where they lay out the next run of movies at some point. Yeah. Ms. Marvel, fun so far. Excited to see how they wrap up final three episodes hopefully they nail it and don't quickly rush through a bunch of stuff in the last two episodes like they mm. seem to have done in the last couple yeah cheers and then as i mentioned we're sort of tangentially in the the marvel world with chris hemsworth's new movie spiderhead also starring mm. miles teller oh. and journey smollett what have you what did you think of this one Oh, can we just take a moment to reflect on Miles Teller, how good he is at the moment? Also, wasn't the director of this movie the director of Top Gun? Maybe. I think I read that before when I was just planning stuff. Joseph Kosinski, I'm pretty sure he did Top Gun as well. But yeah, he did. He did. There you go. See, now now who's the the big brain man? (laughs) Yeah. um, I found this movie was a good movie to watch. Without, like, I thought when I saw like the trailer for it, I thought it'd be very intense and very like full on. It's, you, you kind of just coast through the movie, and like, there's no like heaps deeper meaning. It's just kind of one of those movies you enjoyably can watch and just like, yeah, I don't know. Plus, Chris Hemsworth being serious, mm, please, please, you're a funny guy. Just stick to what you're good at. You're not Adam Sandler who can pivot and be serious. Oh, but yeah, yeah, like. I enjoyed this movie. It was very sort of Black Mirror-esque, but yeah, it it didn't reach the heights that I expected based on that trailer. Like, mm. like with Black Mirror, like there are episodes that go and take it to like a level that you don't expect and they really mm. push the boundaries. This one was kind of like, we're getting there, but then we kind of just move on to the next thing. Yeah. Like especially like the scene where they're giving – the N40, the the love drug. Mm. Like they push it right to a point and then that's it. Like it doesn't yeah. go beyond that where you're like, oh geez, that's excessive. And then even the uh yeah, when they give the dark and flux, it gets pretty intense, but you kind of expect it to go a little bit further. Yeah. It's based on a short story by George Saunders called Escape from Spiderhead, which was originally in the New Yorker, which I didn't realize, but when I saw the New Yorker in the opening credits as like a producer, I was like, mm. the New Yorker is making movies now? Like that seems random, but <laughs> yeah. So yeah, it's all about this like 
near future prison slash hospital slash medicine testing facility where Chris Hemsworth plays Steve Abnesti, who's basically just like this genius medicine manufacturer who makes some deal with like the prison system where he'll take prisoners off their hands and give the prisoners like somewhat freedom in exchange for putting these little like injection pack things on their back that Mm. they control with a mobile phone app and can just increase the amount of specific experimental drugs that have crazy impacts like the, the N40. If you're in the same room as another person, like you immediately fall in love with that person. But if you're outside, just looking at like the view, like weirds out your vision, like instead of seeing industrial manufacturing plants, you see like this nice bright sunshine and this really like happy view. And you're just like, everything looks beautiful, but like really it's just like smog and factories. Mm. I must have that drug in me because like the, the amount of times I'm walking and I see a girl and I fall in love with her like I just wish <laughs> she had it in her as well like what did you think of the the couple of scenes where they are testing out the N40 on Miles Teller Tess Harbaugh as Heather Angie Milliken as Sarah and then Nathan Jones as Rogan uh, I don't know I, I like when they were doing all the testing I was watching it I'm kind of just like looking away watching like it, I there was a few things about this movie that I didn't really enjoy and I just thought like I don't know they, I don't know I don't know if they rushed the movie out because they knew about Top Gun or whatever but I don't know yeah like I thought Miles Teller was definitely like the standout of the movie mm. like Chris Hemsworth was decently as you said like it just yeah. feels a bit weird him trying to be like this serious like yeah. conniving sinister guy like he just he doesn't exude that at all nah not at all not at all not at all like it's, it'll be interesting seeing what he's doing with Thor because I think there's going to be a few like um, they're going to explore Thor maybe being like gay or bi or whatever. So like that that'll be that. I think he, he's good with that. Like he'll be good with that. But like yeah, him being a serious guy, I was like, this is not you. Like I just I don't know. I think the time of this movie because I, I think they knew they had the Top Gun director. They had Miles Teller who's obviously blowing up with it, and they knew that was coming out. And then Thor's coming out next month, so it's actually coming out like in the middle. So Netflix has probably just been like, yeah, we've got the three main players of like this stuff. It'd be like if when Avatar came out and then James Cameron had something planned for the next month and they just released it. Like the timing was really good for Netflix, but I just don't think it was, it was there. Yeah. And I think obviously basing on a short story as well, like a short story could be like the most amazing short story of all time, Mm. but to expand that out into a full length feature film, like you're going to have to fill in some gaps and, try and flesh things out, and I don't know if they achieved that. No. The skeleton is definitely there for a cool story, but there's obviously mm. parts missing. Maybe Disney could have made it into a six-part TV show series, 15-minute episodes each. <laughs> yeah, about 15 minutes. That would have been enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did like the little Nathan Jones cameo. Like, I always get a little bit excited when he pops up. I'm like, hey, he used to be a wrestler. That's cool. <laughs> But um, I did notice in that scene where they give him the N40 with Miles Teller Ollie, they ask if they're allowed to give them that, and they both like, no. He's reading a book titled The 10th of December, which is the book by George Saunders that has 
oh. Escape from Spiderhead short story in it. Oh, wow. So, like, that's a cool little, like, touch without being, like, in your face. Yeah, of course. What did you think of, like, the injection packs too? Like, I thought they were, like, a really cool little thing and I loved the setting the trap for when they do that experiment with the N40 and Miles Teller and the girls. He's like, oh, yeah, be careful. Like, don't touch their packs because they're pretty sensitive and they can flood if you, like, shake them up too much. Yeah. And then later in the movie, like, that comes back as a payoff. I was like, yeah. As soon as it happened, I picked up on it. I was watching it with my mum. She had, she was like, what is going on? I'm like, they warned about this ages ago. Yeah. As soon, as soon as something like you watch a movie and like, yeah, as soon as they said that starting, I was like, oh, I wonder why they're saying this. And then as soon as it happened, I was like, yeah, like it's, it's probably subtle, but I don't know. It's, yeah. I did like the little like twist of Chris Hemsworth's character also having one in his back, at which point I was like, if you're going to be like the guy is controlling this and maybe get it put in a different spot that's a little bit more accessible so you can put your own meds in there. Yeah, yeah, of course. Or if something goes wrong, you can actually do something about it. Like he's just kind of like, uh-oh. It kind of makes sense though that he had it like in him as well because obviously he's the one that came out with the, all the drugs, whatever, and he'd probably be using it or like need it for himself. So those kind of things, it's kind of like, oh, yeah, nice. It's, yeah, I don't know, kind of falling back to stranger things, what happens towards the end of that yeah, it's, you, you kind of see these things and you're like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. I assume it's on their back because it has to, like, go directly into their spine or something, but you'd think it would just yeah. go into their bloodstream. So. Yeah. Uh, it was it was a weird thing, but I guess it serves the story to be in a spot that he can't reach. Yeah. But I did like that he kind of just becomes somewhat of a drug addict, like just playing with the, the fun drugs, like the lay on the bed, give myself a bunch of N40 and just, like, look at the roof and be the happiest man alive mm. or then when him and miles teller are sitting down having a conversation and a drink they're just like giving themselves the laughing drug and of course the the leader of this crazy medical organization has just turned himself into a drug addict for his own drugs <laughs> gives him all the good perks of it like i said like the black mirror-esque stuff where it turns out like the whole reasoning behind it was not to test these dozen or so other drugs like the laughing drug the dark and flux where people become terrified the the phobia one where the girl gets like she's terrified of a stapler mm. like it wasn't really to test all those it was to test the drug that they're given at the very start where it makes them just obedient and compliant that was a cool twist at the end mm. but i thought they could have like i said with black mirror like pushed it to an extreme where they kind of don't it kind of just ends in it's like, oh, they escaped and Chris Hemsworth got what was coming to him in the end. So I was like, oh, okay. It was a funny way they killed him, though. Yeah. Like, I don't know. The movie just seemed, as I said, like very underwhelming, like kind of just like just ended and you're like, oh, okay, like, all right, that's done now. Yeah. I, I think that's like the response I've seen online to people. Were like, I was really excited for this movie, but then it kind of just didn't go as far as I was expecting. And you kind of watch it and you're like, it was satisfying. Like, mm. I don't feel ripped off by watching it, but I feel like it could yeah. have done a lot more and could have been a lot more enjoyable. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I did like that it was all filmed here in Australia, though. And apparently, Hem Chris Hemsworth has said like he wants to do a lot more filming here rather than back over in the States. So that's exciting. I mean, with his mansion 
property that he has in Byron. Of course, he'd want to stay here. Also, he took um, Miles Teller to his mum's birthday dinner. Imagine that, just having Miles Teller coming to your, your dinner. Yeah. Especially if she didn't know. Like, oh, yeah, here he is. It's another famous celebrity with all the Hemsworth boys. I can get. Yeah. <laughs> they got some good government funding for this movie. So mm. a little bit disappointing that they didn't really put that money to used to make something super exciting like they got yeah. $21.5 million from the Australian government split between that was split between this movie and I can't remember if it's a series or another movie called Pieces of Her and there was basically the Australian government trying to inject money into the entertainment industry to basically snag movie production away from Canada during COVID. Yeah. Good on them. Like they probably made made a bunch of jobs and stuff in Queensland out of this. And yeah, they would have. Yeah, well, Queensland. And then they based like Marvel as well was at Fox Studios. So like, yeah, they obviously got some jobs and stuff from it and they took advantage of I guess like the COVID situation, which is good of them. But yeah, I wish it was a good movie. But hopefully Thor, I mean not hopefully Thor will be good. So that's that's at least good. And I did see the director did say um he is excited to sort of do more filming in Australia because in Queensland, like you can go from tropical beach to like city to swampy area and rainforest Mm. to the desert all within like a few hours of each other. It's not. Yeah. Okay. We're filming in Washington to get like the foresty areas. And then we're going all the way Mm. down to Texas and New Mexico for desert. Mm. And then we're going all the way up to Canada for snow. Like, Australia, like you can do all that, and you're only a couple of hours away from everything. Yeah, exciting to see more productions here, and I guess now that we're getting Russell Crowe just like established on the go in Queensland, like they just established some big new. Oh, you did? Oh, hectic, hectic. Partnered and made some big new on the Sunshine Coast, some big new like movie production studio. So we're definitely going to get a lot more stuff filming down here. So good time if you're in the industry. Yeah, nice. In terms of your top recommendation for the week, I think we're probably pretty obvious on which one we're both leaning towards. Yeah. Do do we have to say it? (laughs) Go on. Spiderhead. No, I'm kidding. Miss Marvel's good. Definitely Miss Marvel. Yeah. Just we'll see how it wraps up. If it if the final three episodes are absolute trash, don't blame us. We recorded it before they were before those episodes came out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's on you. If the last three episodes are bad, that's on you. I mean, good on you for trusting us, but yeah, no, we're yeah, we're only three in, and we like it so far. So, thank you everyone for listening to the commentary booth. If you enjoyed the show, please remember to rate, review, and subscribe on podcast services and on YouTube. You can follow Jackson on TikTok at Jax double underscore car, and you can follow me on social media at Jam Yaps Media and at Perio Magazine. The commentary booth is a fan-funded production of Jam Yaps Media. You can support the podcast alongside our magazine, Pario Magazine, on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Media. The following people supported at the community support group level or higher, and you cannot fathom how incredibly appreciative we are for their support. Brian and June Hart, Blake Robinson, Rena Renee, Courtney Paulson, Darren Hatcliffe, Jackson Carr, and Tracy Apps. <laughs>